Hello and welcome back to the First and Ten podcast. I'm Dave. Um, I'm sort of your host, but not for much longer. Um, I mean, not in general, just on this episode. We're, today we are looking at the draft again. We have got a full first round mock draft. Um, and that is not done by me, not done by Ross. Um, you can hear our mock draft back. Um, we did ours between Monday and Thursday. So we're down to eight picks an episode and had a chat through them. But for this one, we have got Lee and Ash from the Chargers podcast. Um, a lot of you will remember Lee from our draft coverage last year. Where we went through all the different positions, broke them down, uh, went through all the players. We haven't been able to do that this year just because of all the stuff going on. But... Um, yeah, it was uh, really good. I mean, you can go back and listen to them if you want to. There was some uh, pretty good analysis. I think on the whole, we did pretty well with them. And uh, I know our mock draft was, wasn't too bad. Hopefully, we'll better get together and do another mock draft before the actual draft this year. But um, yeah, it was really good. And uh, joining me is Ash, who some of you will hopefully remember from our uh, fantasy podcast, what, two weeks ago now? Uh, where we looked at all the free agent moves and how that's affecting Dynasty Fantasy and your drafts coming up but um yeah both really good podcasters and uh yeah it's a really good mock draft so some interesting picks in there um yeah let us know what you thought of all the mock drafts we're going to try and get all different podcasts from the channel 12 uh, first and 10 network to come over and do their mock drafts hopefully do the same things sort of split up the picks between them and do a full first round between now and the draft and hopefully we'll try and get something together between all of us and yeah, it should be some uh, good fun. But I'll leave you with Ash and Lee right now. And uh, yeah, thanks. Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Chargers podcast. Uh, we're back a couple of weeks after our last podcast. Uh, here with Ash. Ash, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, good. Thanks, bad you? Yeah, not bad. How's lockdown treating you? Uh, it's not too bad. So I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a bit boring, isn't it? I mean, we're both in a fortunate situation where we can both still sort of kind of get our day jobs done. Yeah. Uh, so we're not going to stir crazy in you know, our respective homes and uh, yeah, everyone's safe and well, which is all obviously brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, so good in that regard anyway. Yeah. So today, what we're going to do is, uh, we kind of had a last minute change of heart, really, didn't we, and change of plan. We've just decided that we're going to do a full uh, first round mock draft for the full uh, NFL between us. So one of us is going to take odds, one of us is going to take evens, um, and we're just going to be able to take the picks. We're going to have a little bit of a discussion over the sixth pick, and maybe come to a little bit of a more of a joint decision uh, than that. Um, well, we not actually discussed this before we came on. We probably should have. What, are, we, are we just going to keep trades out of it for now? We could talk about maybe, say if it's your pick, you could say, potentially I would move down. So you're given an idea of which teams that you think will be moving out of their positions. But I think if we stick to no trades just for this one, yeah. then at least it's a bit easier to follow. You can always that. mention that. <laughs> Because like, it might be, like you said, like Seattle, they nearly always move out. Mm. So you could always say, if I was Seattle, the likelihood is they're going to move out. But for this experiment, we're keeping them in and this is the pick, etc. Yeah, no, I think that's sensible. Um, yeah, just keep it as simple as possible. For now. <laughs> We've just come on this together in the last couple of days or so. Um, so yeah, no, we're just going to do that and then yeah, go through and have a bit of fun and basically make the Chargers the best team. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what we're going to do, we, we didn't actually decide who's going to go first. What we're going to do is we're going to do like a virtual coin flip. Uh, I'll give you the I'll give you the, the choice, mate. Heads or tails? Okay. I'll go tails, please. Tails never fails. It did not fail. So you have a choice. You can go, you can either go first or you can defer. We'll treat it like a kickoff in the NFL. I will start off. You'll start the... off. Okay. <laughs> I've passed control to you. So for this, just as a little bit of housekeeping, uh, we're using the, the the draft network mock draft simulator that we've kind of pulled up and we're kind of sharing the screen and giving the control back and forth to each other. So you are in control of the mouse at the moment and you are going to make a surprising pick. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this will be pretty easy in Unless, obviously, they're talking at the moment that Miami are trying to move up for this man. Um, I don't know if it's worth moving up that much for him um, and giving away that much um, capital if I was Miami. But so, just for the time being, and I think this will happen in real life, uh, the Bengals' first round pick will be Joe Burrow, quarterback LSU. Yeah, not really, not really a shocking pick, really, um, in no, any way, shape, or form. It's no, kind of been nailed on for months, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 come off after probably one of the greatest college uh, seasons of all time. Um, he's the man of the moment, and he's an Ohio kid. I just think that they they need someone to get uh, a change of uh, face of that franchise. Obviously, Dalton's still there, but they they need the new guy in. Um, and just give it every, uh, the franchise just a bit more of a lift. And I think Joe Burrow would definitely be able to do that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's a no-brainer, isn't it? You know, like you said, uh, best one of the best college football seasons of all time. And even though it's a small sample size, it's it just makes too much sense. This this franchise just needs a bit of a lift, I think. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Okay. So, I think, again, this isn't, this again, isn't the most shocking pick that I'm going to make um, for this one. Uh, this is just the best player in the draft. I'm going to go ahead and pick Chase Young for Washington. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's not something that will shock anyone. It's not a huge need because they've got decent edge rushers with Ryan Kerrigan. Um, they've got decent front seven, to be honest, in, in general. But you don't stop having good players, drafting, you know, not stopping you from drafting great players. And you just don't turn down a, a talent like Chase Young, to be honest with you. So, yeah, just going to head, go ahead and slot that in. doesn't really need too much analysis, I don't feel. Yeah, I. Uh, I reckon that's definitely going to be the case as well. I think one, two are pretty much locked on for this uh, for this uh, for this draft. Mm. Um, pick three is obviously the interesting pick. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of talk that uh, the Lions are trying to move out of that pick at the moment. Mm. I probably could see that happening um, if a team uh, like us, Miami, or Jacksonville want to move up to maybe get the guy. Um, but obviously with no trades at the moment, the probably the most likely pick, and I've had it in my mock for a while, is Jeffrey Akuda. But with um, for the sake of this mock, I'm actually going to take a different player. I'm going to go Isaiah uh, Simmons, um, linebacker from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Just think that they... Simmons is is getting a lot of buzz at the moment, and he's he's a kind of like a, a little bit of the face of the franchise, as in on the defensive side. They obviously had they've obviously lost Slay um, in mm. a trade, um, so Akuda would be the logical pick. But I was listening to a few analysts the other day, and they said it doesn't really fill the franchise with much buzz. Just taking a very very good cornerback out and replacing him with another very very good cornerback. 
it kind of doesn't really do a lot or say a lot at number three. So picking Simmons here, I think it just gives you a little, it's, it's a bit more of a sexy pick. It gives them a little bit more versatility for their defence. And I just think that for this experiment, I think that uh, it would be a very nice pick as well for, um, uh, for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with Isaiah Simmons going this this high in the draft at all. Um, it's a pick, you know, that that you know, it was a player, sorry, that definitely has the the talent to go this high. And I don't think it matters that he's kind of been pigeonholed as a linebacker per se. Yeah. You know, because I do think he's going to play all over the D, especially yeah. with a, a creative and, and decent offensive defensive mind sorry, such as Matt Patricia. Um, just going back to your first thing about when we, when we opened up about talking about trade, I don't think this is going to be a traded pick now. I've really gone cold on that because I feel yeah. like with the the trading of Darius, Darius Slate, I think the Lions are locked into a CUDA. I know we've not gone that way in in this draft, but yeah. I just feel on, on draft night, I think that's just going to happen because I feel like, you know, you're getting a cheaper version. You're still getting a great corner. Like you say, Jeffrey Kuda's one of the best corners to come out in recent times. And it would have been ideal to pair Darius Slay with Jeffrey Kuda, but Slay's been wanting to get out of there now for about a year, I would say, if not a little bit more. Yeah. And you know, the, the Lions kind of got picked on when they had Slay, so they need to they need to beef up that cornerback room. Uh, they need to kind of replace him straight away because people just threw to the other side. So people are going to do that anyway with Akuda, and you, know, you need to beef up that linebacker, that, that sort of corner room. You need to kind of kind of always have two, if not more, good corners yeah. now. Plus, in terms of who's going to trade up. Miami have all the ammo. There's no one that can blow them out of the water. The Chargers would be stupid to get into a gunfight with that uh, you know, that amount of um, ammo that they have, that amount of picks that they have. Because even if Tom tries to be kind of cute and kind of phone the Lions on draft night when they're on the clock, the Lions are just going to phone Miami and say, look, the Chargers have offered this. Uh, you know, what are you going to give us? And they'll, they'll always better it. If they want to get Tua or they want to get Justin Herbert, they'll get him, you know. Yeah. That's just the way it's going to go down. Um, yeah. So I, I just think it's, I just think the top five or six is going to stay how it is. I don't see it's only if uh, you know one of the quarterbacks really starts to slide that I feel that someone will come up. So I think it could be Carolina who are going to be winning in terms of maybe uh, accepting a trade. I think they do want to. I think they really want to trade back to us because they're in a massive rebuild yeah. uh, for the long haul. Uh, I think they're going to be the ones that trade in the end. But that's only something that's kind of developed over the last few days. And you are right. You know, this is something that has been talked about in the press, uh, in the media over the past day or two. You know, I think Rapport yeah. was talking about it, wasn't he, recently? I think it was recently as this evening. Um, yeah. But I think that's Detroit trying to make, maybe play a bit of a smoke screen. Yeah. That's just my, that's just, that's just how I see it. I just, I've just gone really cold on it anyway. <clears throat> I've had a CUDA locked in most of my mocks for a while. Um, and I still think that that could be the case. I just think. For me personally, I think Isaiah Simmons is just, he obviously gives you that much more versatility at uh, that position um, all around on the defence. And I just think that they're crying out for a little bit of glam, really, Detroit. They've been needing it for a while. A lot of their picks have been safe, sensible picks. Nothing against some of their picks that they've had. Mm. They kind of do need a little bit of... um, it's hard to really explain, but they just need they need that it factor a little bit, and I think that Simmons provides that more than Akuda because I th- I do think that they're very they're both very good players, and Akuda just like you said, it's kind of too good a fit at the moment. Akuda can just slot in and be that pick, just take away um, Slay's position. Mm. Um, 
I just think that with with uh, Simmons being there, I think that it will come down to them two picks. And I wouldn't be surprised if Simmons is the pick at three. I think it will be, a, at the moment, I'd say Akuda at 70% and Simmons at 30%. Yeah, I think I think that was pretty safe. And like I said before, I what I opened up with, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if Isaiah Simmons goes at three and I don't think it'd be a bad pick. I don't think anyone would be complaining if if some, if Detroit did do that. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to number four with the New York football giants. I've gone in ahead and I've selected Mackay Becton for the Giants. I just think Dave Gettleman just likes his big guys. He wants to protect Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones obviously had a bit of a problem with turnovers, especially fumbling. He needs to be given a bit more time in the pocket and just time to develop just in general. Yeah. Mackay Becton is an absolute giant of a man. I think the size of him just in general, just it means that he's at least got a flaw of being decent because you it's physics more than football, to be honest with you. you know, if, you're, yeah. if you're that big, you literally cannot get past <laughs> someone yeah. that big. So he's, you know, he's, got, he's got a relatively high floor for that and he's got a, big of a, he's got a really big ceiling as well. You know, we've seen it yeah. in the combine, we've seen him kind of progress over the last couple of years with Louisville. Uh, Louisville good last year. They better than a lot of people expected, and Mackay Becton was was basically the star of their team. And you'd often say that about tackle. So yeah, I think Mackay Becton kind of comes in, slots in, maybe at right tackle uh, to begin with, because he's still got Nate Solder over there on the left hand side, and you know eventually a couple of years maybe down the line when Solder goes, he'll move over to the left, and you know they'll, they'll start to beef up that offensive line from the other side. Um, yeah, I think it's really important for Daniel Jones' development and also the development of the offense. And, and say say one back against another friend as well. So yeah, I think they'll they'll definitely pick an attack. I feel if they don't go for Isaiah Simmons, then I think Mackay Beckton is one that will be uh, catching the eye of Dave Gettleman to begin with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, completely agree. I think, like you said, it would be personally, it'll be either Beckton or uh, Tristan Wirfs will be the t- will be, I think, one of the two maybe mm. that, that go at four. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Miami. There's a lot of talk at the moment. Miami are very, they're still pretty nervous about the medical over tour, mm. and it's starting to. Because of how the draft is, and obviously they've not been able to get all the medical, Tua didn't be able to do his pro day because of what's going on. There's a lot of worry in the building, and there's a lot of talk on social media as well and in the press that Miami will probably just play it safe at five. Mm. Um, so I think that I think there is a lot of there's a lot of truth behind what I'm hearing at the moment, um, and I know for a fact through Daniel Jeremiah as well that they and he's he's obviously been keeping his ear close to the floor and hearing about yeah yeah, that this pick is Justin Herbert at five that would certainly make things interesting wouldn't it because I think that they're just I think he's they're just going to be a little bit just with the circumstances that are going on at the moment I think that if they had, if Miami would be able to do the thorough research that they had, they could have done and seen to do on his pro day and got more medical, um, their doctors to take a look and bits and pieces like that, then I think the ball would have been rolling the other way for Tua. But at the moment, I just think that everything's kind of gone against him in this process where he's not been able to do his pro day. Other things haven't gone his way. So, and People like Herbert and and Jordan Love and stuff, they're just they're just trending upwards, and two has kind of just gone on that level playing field. Mm. So I think when it comes to the draft, I think that somebody <laughs> might might be more interested in trading up for Herbert than they would do trading up for Tua. So for this point, I'm going to say that Miami plays safe and they get their quarterback of the future, but it's not Tua, it's Justin Herbert. Yeah, the the news and the chatter about this is definitely growing. I think one big part of it is. 
like what you've said, you know, you, it's playing it safe, you know, because we're in this situation now where we've got coronavirus, nothing is kind of moving in terms of medicals, in terms of pro days, in terms of gathering more information on these prospects. And two has still got a massive question mark hanging over him. So as much as it's kind of strange that kind of, you know, the tank for two thing's been going on for over a year and you'd think that they were kind of locked in on him. This has put a lot of doubt, you know, in the mind of it. And, and it's like with the Chargers and Tyrod, you know, it, familiarity is going to be a big asset. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're familiar with what Justin Herbert is and, you know, are we familiar with what Tua Tagovailoa was rather than what he will be? You know, because is he going to make this recovery? Hopefully he is, and I think he will. I think everything I've heard is pretty positive. But, you know, when you're controlling a multi-million dollar franchise, you know, if not billion dollar franchise, you know, you've got to play it safe sometimes, especially with a potential shortened season and, and, you know, whatever might become in the future. So, yeah, no, I think I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not sure if I'm completely convinced myself that this is going to be a pick, but I wouldn't be shocked at all because I do feel like, you know, the, the smoke is growing for this one. I think what makes it interesting as well is that it's not now that Miami aren't interested in Tua, it's that they are interested in Burrow. So what's that would be my take on it is there's now a lot of talk that Miami want to move up to one. And that for me says more about their doubts over Tua than there does that their love for Burrow. Because I think what's happened here is that, that they were through the process, they were, talking to Tua um, at the, um, the Combine, etc. And obviously, since everything's been shut down, it's worried Miami that they haven't got all of the necessity, all the information they need to be able to draft this player. And what they've done is because they've got a lot of ammo, they're like, well, we've, we're still a bit worried about Tua. Maybe we should move up and get the guy we know about that we know that's going to be good in Burrow. Mm. And so the inf- maybe the information that we're getting that they're interested in Burrow is more about they're a little bit worried about Tua. And if they can't move up to one to get Burrow, what they might actually do is then, like you, like we've said here, is play it safe and just take Herbert instead of going after Tua. So I think they, they, they'd like Tua. I'm not saying they don't. But I think that the news coming out that they want Burrow is just more of a thing that they're anxious that taking Tua might they because they don't have all the information on it might worry them too much. Yeah, I think that's a fair play. Let me let me ask you a quick question. This is kind of getting off topic a little bit. If Miami do move up to one, meaning that uh, they'll probably have to give up quite a lot. They'll have to give up, you know, a couple of first round picks, if not a little bit more, even if it's only if it's you know going back four spot. Cincinnati still have Andy Dalton. Would they rather ask for 2021 picks with Trevor Lawrence on the horizon or take, you know, pick five and, and pick, take a quarterback at number five, which would obviously be two or Justin Herbert? What do you think they would do? Um, oh, that's a tricky one. Because I think they would, they would weigh it as, to be next year's picks rather than this year's. They take five and then, because Miami's still got two first round picks next year, they could take that. Yeah, they could be in, you know, they could they've still got Dalton, who's a reasonable quarterback. They could use the rest of this draft to, to build up around him and then try and be in the driving seat of Trevor Lawrence next year. Their team's not that bad, though. No, it's I not. The <laughs> no. I know they're the number one pick, but they've got a wide receiver call that's better than most in the league. Mm. And a running back, and Jonah Williams. Running so. back, 
they've got Jonah Williams coming back next year to shore up that. I mean, their offensive line was terrible last year, but they've got a player that they took in the first round last year coming back. Their defence was a bit beat up last year, and I can see them get it. That it will be a better system, definitely just with a few draft picks, even if they get mm. someone in the second round, etc. And some of the free agencies that they've made, because they brought, they uh, brought in DJ Reader, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, they got Von Bell as well, didn't they? Yeah. So I can't <laughs> see them being. They'd have to take all the picks that they gain from this year moving down to then move back up next year. So it's not like, like you said, it's not in the realms of impossibility, but I just think that it's just, it's been on the cards for so long that Burrow is going to Cincinnati. I think that it would take an absolute, it would just take a monumental uh, haul to get for them to then move down to Miami's pick. The talk was that Miami needed to move up to three first and then the Bengals would talk to them about moving up to one. Okay, that's interesting. That's a so, lot. That's like a lot of effort, though. That is a lot to make two deals just to get up to one. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I mean, Joe Burrow is good, but I'm not sure if that's two teams benefiting from you to yeah. get one guy. And it, like as much as he's been fantastic, and it, he's, he doesn't come without his question marks himself. So I don't know. Yeah. Food for thought, at least you know. Yeah, spent right. a lot of time kind of going on that pick and kind of. You know, right where we should be, you know, number six. So we've got two on the board. We've got a crude on the board. We've got three out of four of the tackles on the board. I'd, would we take two in this position? Um, if Even though we just talked about it, all these question marks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, this is just from what I, I, I've been gathering through just people that I follow and through the media that um, the likelihood is Tua and Herbert will be going at five and six because, like you said, I think that with how the draft's going to be set up, it's going to be very hard for teams to be able to sort out these trades during the process with everything being virtual and everyone being at home. So they reckon that this is, there's going to be a lot of less, it's going to be a lot less trades than normal. You're normally seeing sort of seven or eight come off during the draft process. They sure, reckon yeah. that maybe sort of three or four at the moment is what the talk is. Um, and I just think that getting into that sort of top two, into that sort of pick three, pick four range, it's going to take an awful lot. I think the one team that stops Miami and the Chargers getting Herbert and Tua is Jacksonville because they own two first-round picks and they have a player that is worth a first-round pick on their books that they could sell during the draft process, which is um, Yannick Ngogwe, the mm. edge rusher which they could use as a package to move up, say if they were really interested in Herbert or really interested in Tua and they want to leapfrog because edge rushes, you can't have enough of them. People like Detroit and um, the New York Giants would love a player like that. So that is a possibility. So there, for me, the only team I would think that would move up ahead of Miami and the Chargers will be Jacksonville. But I think that if they don't, that Miami and the Chargers will come away with Herbert and Tua in this draft. That's a really good point about Jacksonville. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider for sure. And yeah, you are right. Like, there might be less trades because like people are really worried about you know how the draft's going to work in terms of how the actual mechanics of the GMs working the draft are going to be. I mean, you know, we we're hearing a lot of things about Zoom, and that's the program that we're using to do this, and we seem to be doing fine. So I don't know what the, what the problem is. Anyway, <laughs> so I've got my mouse hovering over two here on the draft simulator. Are we taking two and locking him in? I think so. I think that it's a logical pick for us. I think that um, we can we can sit him behind Tyler Taylor for the full year. Like mm. you said, it's about 
we're going into it. We've got an uncertain time at the moment with what's going on. And Tyra Taylor's been there. He knows the offense. He knows what they're expected of him. And so they don't have to rush to her in. This isn't, this isn't we need to play him now. I know we're going into a new stadium. And it, if everything was going to happen and we were going to get to her and it was all going to fall into place and we can, we can go ahead and do all this stuff, then that's fine. But with the situation we're in at the moment, even if the, se- the season might not even start up until um, November sort of time, like you don't have to worry about that. You can just take him. You can just leave him, let him sit the whole year behind Tyrod, let him learn the offense. And then next year when the, all of the, you've got a normal off-season, you've got normal things going on, mm. add a year to learn the offense, et cetera. Then you can and get healthy as well. And Exactly. And you've got, you've got the LA crowd there with the new quarterback that obviously was, he was absolutely amazing at college. So mm. I think that it just all works into the play of the charges. Because obviously now Lynn signed an extra deal. And the fans wouldn't expect Tua to start straight away, so that I think they give him a little bit of breathing room there. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I think that's right. I think you've hit the nail on the head all the way through that, to be honest with you. And it is that PR move, you know, to get that new quarterback. And I think if the draft fell like this, I think we'd be more than happy to take him because we've got the right conditions to, to do so. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know what number he'd wear because obviously we won't be getting number 13 off Keenan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the kind of something to worry about later down the line, maybe number three or something like that in that sick powder blue uniform that we're going to be bringing out on the 21st of April. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so let's move on to Caroline and then Europe. Um, and you've got Jeffrey Akun now sitting nicely. Um, and James Bradbury, obviously a player that we talked about in the past, um, maybe targeting for the Chargers in free agency. That didn't happen. Does it kind of fit hand in glove here? Yeah, I think so. I think he's the best player on the board. It, for me, it would be between him and Derek Brown. I think that Derek Brown's sort of like the, sort of the lost soul of this draft. I think he's one of probably the top five best players in this draft um, and probably because he plays interior defensive line it kind of doesn't have that glam of an edge rusher cornerback quarterback etc so mm-hmm. I think that it would be between those two I personally think that this is this where, this is where the first trade could happen um, I think Carolina they need a few players they they it might be that they there's talk that they could even take someone like Jordan Love here but I can see them because obviously Cam's now gone, the and they've only got Bridgewater in. There is that they could talk, take Jordan Love and do what we're doing, just sit him and just just let him sort of learn the offense behind Bridgewater for a couple of years. So, mm. but I think that they, I think that they're, we're trying not to overthink it too much. But I think Jeffrey Akuna would be my pick here for um, for this one. Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said before, I think it just fits hand in glove. I think Carolina would be pretty. Stoked to be honest with you to get Jeffrey Kuru at number seven. He's one of the best players in the draft. He's a top five player for sure. I know he's not felt too much out of that, but uh, you are you know getting a, a blue chip player and an elite prospect at a premium position. So yeah, I think it's perfect. I mean, I, like I said before, I do think Carolina are a big candidate to kind of move around quite a lot. I think they'll try yeah, and accumulate a lot of picks, especially with yeah. Matt Rule and how they're gonna kind of blow it up down there. Um, but I think with if it felt like this, I'm not sure they would. I think they'd just take Jeffrey Kuru and uh, be happy with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think they could definitely move around for quarterback, maybe trade back and then use the later picks and then move back into the first round later on and yeah. things like that. Cool. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead with Arizona. And obviously Arizona, they, they signed a couple of tackles. So they've got DJ Humphreys that they've signed to a new contract. They also signed Marcus Gilbert back and he's missed quite a lot of time. So tackle's not out of the question here. 
And obviously all the tackle, well, all three of the big four tackles are on the board still, but I'm going to kind of go a bit sideways on this one. Um, Cliff Kingsbury obviously is known um, for his offence and his offensive acumen. He's known for his uh, offence, his spread offence that, that he kind of deploys the whole time, plays four wide receivers more than anyone. Obviously brought in DeAndre Hopkins uh, with a massive trade that will, will hopefully go through for Arizona's sake in the next few days once they can kind of ratify that. Hopefully that goes yeah. through the draft, before the draft, otherwise that will be interesting situations kind of unravel for the NFL. Yeah. Um, so they've got DeAndre Hopkins, they've got Christine Kirk, who they drafted a few years ago, and they've still got Larry Legend, they've still got Larry Fitzpatrick, obviously. But Larry's not getting, you know, he's not getting any younger. Like I said before, Cliff plays four wide, about 40% of the time, I believe. So I'm going to take CD Lamb, and I'm going to make people stop the Arizona offense. Uh, because like you've got Kyler Murray who can move around, you, you can still beef up the offensive line later down the line in the draft, because there's a lot of offensive line talent. You know, you've still got good tackles going to be available in the early second round. I still believe Arizona can probably get one at that point. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make a fantastic wide receiving call. I'm just going to give Kyle Murray all the weapons to succeed. And it's going to be it's going to be a fun uh, division out there in the NFC West because it's going to be a lot of offense out there and you're going to be seeing who can stop who. Um, so yeah, I just think I'm just going to create an offensive monster because CD Lamb can come in, he can contribute straight away and he can also take over from Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, long-term. Sorry, Fitzgerald, long-term. So that'd be my pick there, CD Lamb for Arizona Cardinals. Nice, very nice. That is a, a very high-powered offense. Mm, that's what you've <laughs> got to have, though. You know, I mean, you do have to stop all these offensive weapons, obviously. Yeah. But you know, if you can, Arizona aren't—they're they're still in their rebuilding phase. They're not—you know—they're not getting close to contending. But you could take—you know—you could take a little bit of time to, to do that and just create an offensive juggernaut, and you can put maybe thirty points a game, and you'll win—you'll win games through that. You know, there aren't that many really yeah. good offences, sorry, defences throughout the league. You'll, yeah. you won't win a Super Bowl, you know, next year with this offence, but it gives you the centrepieces to kind of do that. And Cliff wants to do that. Obviously, he's an offensive guy. He's going to want to create this. So I, I, just, I just think that's not off the table. I think it'd be really exciting. You know, I mean, if the Chargers weren't on, I'd be watching that offence in Arizona. <laughs> if, uh, yeah. They've got those wide receivers and Kyler Murray. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um Roy, pick nine, Jacksonville. Um, we were talking earlier about uh, that they are they have the ammo to move up to get a quarterback if they need to and jump ahead of Miami um, and the Chargers. Just mm. they've got two first round picks and got way that they could trade. Um, they're going to stick at nine, obviously, for this scenario, um, and they're going to take their new face of the franchise, Jordan Love. Mm, nice. You don't believe in Gardner Minshew, then? Um, I don't. No, I saw him at Wembley, and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> yeah, we were both <laughs> at that game, weren't we? It was yeah. not a good um, showing. I just think he's he's he is a very good backup, uh, Gardner Minshew, and he will become one of the. He'll become the Chase Daniels of the, the this generation. That he'll just potter around as the backup for a few teams, and he'll be very good. Um, going in and doing his bit now in the game, and he'll come out with sort of them seven and nine records and etc. Mm. So, I don't think that he's a bad quarterback. I think that Jordan Love, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a polarizing player. As in, there's a lot of teams that probably won't want to take that sort of risk on him. But Jacksonville, they need like similar to Detroit in some ways that they need some sort of spark 
um, with that franchise. And I think that getting someone like Jordan Love, how how mobile he is and can make plays out of nothing, that that they can take him, even if they want to do this, what we're, we're going to do with Tua is sit him behind Minshew for the year, let him learn the learn maybe um, the offense. He might even have to come in halfway through the season to um, take over from Minshew if it's not going that well. But I think that just getting someone through the door at nine, that you it's this huge high reward from Jordan Love. So I think that this pick here just gives that franchise a little bit of spark. Yeah, no, I completely, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you say, Jackson's aren't really going anywhere at the moment and Gardner Minshew's kind of like this kind of fun quarterback, might be better college quarterback than he is. He's always been able to move the ball because he's got that confidence and he's had that, those, those reps with Washington State when he was in college under Mike Leach and just throwing the ball literally every play because <laughs> he don't really run the ball in that offence that he's got. Um, so, yeah, no, I can definitely get behind this. I mean, I, if it was me, I might have pulled this trigger uh, later down the line with Jacksonville's second pick. I still think John would have been there, but, you know, if you want to get your guy, then there's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, I like it. For sure. It's kind of like if, say, if the Raiders like him or... Yeah, yeah. That, that there's always that possibility, if you're picking at 20 as well, that someone could jump up from the lower... It might even be someone like the Saints. They don't need anybody. They can just go and take the best player available. Do you know what? We'll go and take a chance on Jordan Love. Mm. So they can Teams like that can do that. And if you're picking at 20, there's a lot more chance of you getting leapfrogged. I think that if, if there is teams around that area that do like Jordan Love, they need to strike at the earlier part of, of um, the draft rather than the sort of the 20s and 30s. Yeah, I think that's fair. So let's, let's talk about Cleveland then. You said before when we came on, you've got the Our Lads uh, depth charts on your screen. You, I can't see at the moment. Can you just go to the Cleveland Browns and tell me who is their left tackle at the moment? Because obviously Greg Robinson is not going to be their left tackle <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I can't get off this screen. Okay. I can't get off your screen. So That's I fine. don't know. If I'm honest, I don't think the Cleveland Browns know. Right, yeah, that is a problem. Because <laughs> I was thinking, I've got, I'm, I'm going to take a tackle. That's what I'm going to take, you know. And I've still got the the three of the big four remaining. Isn't Conklin the tackle? Sorry, say that again. Is that Conklin the tackle now? Yes, you are right. He's he's predominantly right tackle though, which kind of makes me might makes my choice really easy. I'm going to take Andrew Thomas then. Because I was thinking, if they've got like a decent left tackle that will come in. Um, then you'd, you'd put, I'd probably take Worth as the more athletic of the yep. three um, with the higher ceiling. But because, yes, the, you're right, I've completely forgot they did sign Conklin, who's going to play right tackle for them. So Andrew Thomas comes in. And basically, the, the, the modus operandi, what they're going to do is protect Baker Mayfield yep. because he obviously had a big regression from his rookie season um, because he couldn't stay on his feet, essentially. So, um, yeah, I think it's quite, quite an easy one, quite an easy pick. I don't think we need to kind of go into this one, it's a number handing good fit with Andrew Thomas kind of slipping in the left side and hopefully keeping Baker Mayfield upright because I quite like Baker Mayfield. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, love the pick. I think that people are overthinking Andrew Thomas too much at the moment. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think we've got quite a lot of that recently. Yeah, I think he's just a lock and load. I think he's, he's you know what you're going to get from him. I think that he's going to be a very... I think he's going to be a little bit like uh, Taylor Lewan, where everyone was just like, mm, they're overthinking this. Taylor Lewan came into the league and... The, and I, when it was his his um, his year, I was like, "This this kid's really good." I don't know why people are worrying too much about mm. what they're going to get from him. And he's just come in; he's done really, really well for the Titans. And I think Andrew Thomas is going to be that sort of player. I think that he's going to be ready to go straight from day one. Highly intelligent, knows his role, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great pick if they take him at ten. 
Yeah, it's a really good comparison, actually. I really like Tyler One. I always have done. I'm not really usually that high on Michigan players, but um, yeah, Tyler One, really good tackle. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, no, I might really like it. Right. 11 with you at the Jets. The Jets. It's between offensive tackle and wide receiver for me. And I think just because of the depth at wide receiver in this draft, I think that they need to take their tackle at 11 over a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, with who's on the boards, um, I'm going to take Tristan Wolfs from Iowa. Why Wolfs over Wills? I think that just with the more athleticism, I think that with Lev Bell there as well, still, and how um, that I think that um, Wolfs gives them a little bit more versatility. Where I think I love Jedward Wills. I think that, like mm. you said, we've talked about him for a while, that he's one of our favourite offensive tackles. And I wouldn't even be surprised if that is the pick. I just think that Wilfs obviously holds has got more of the athleticism upside that um, Wills hasn't. Um, and he could probably give you a little bit more versatility, whereas Wills has played predominantly on the right-hand side. And I think he's just literally plug and player. Not saying that he can't play left tackle, just saying that that's because he's played there for so long mm. that they might want to just bring him Wilfs to be able to play on the left side straight away. Um, and... With the athleticism as well, I think that um, I think that that might be the deciding factor between the two of them. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it kind of breaks my heart because Jamie Rogers is one of my favourite players in this draft, but um, and he's coming off as in the fourth offensive tackle probably. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it, you, you're right. I mean, it, it's another kind of thing to think of that you've got Le'Veon Bell there. He's got this, uh, you know, this style where he needs things opening up before he even moves. <laughs> so you can, you know, if you can get Tristan Wolves coming out of, in front of him in space, so. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you can't really go wrong with any four of these tackles, really. I think the one guy who kind of is slipping down a lot, you know, in terms of everyone's mind is Andrew Thomas, but I think, like we said, I think it's overthinking it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like it. I think the Jets, like you say, have to kind of protect Sam Darnold as well because we don't want him to be seeing ghosts anymore either. So I've gone ahead, uh, and as you were kind of doing your uh, rundown of uh, your pick, I've gone ahead and selected Henry Ruggs for the Las Vegas Raiders. I just think this is a John Gruden pick. I just think he wants to be fast. And that's kind of, I can see him just being really excited by the, the raw talent and the raw athleticism that Ruggs brings to the table. Yeah. But I think one thing that everyone's kind of fallen into the trap of is kind of thinking Ruggs is just a speedster, just like a John Moss kind of thing. But he's kind of a bit more than that. He's kind of a, and I've seen this in the, you know, in, in the most recent, uh, in recent times in, in the media again, he's kind of a Tyreek Hill without the baggage. You know, he's more than just a, a nine route guy. He, he can create underneath, he can, he can run routes. He's not the most refined. Yeah. We can definitely run a, a quite a decent route tree. And he's got hands as well. He's not just the guy who can just run as fast as possible and get underneath the ball. He's, he's got good hands to take things and, and create his own. Obviously, last season we saw the Raiders try and take Antonio Brown on and try and you know base their offense around him. I think they can kind of do that with Henry Ruggs and the speed that he brings. So I think that's... Uh, yeah, I'm going to lock that in there. And, and uh, it's going to make it mean that we've got a lot of people to defend in the AFC West when we kind of match up against these guys now. With, you know, we've got Tyreek Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, Rogues over there in Las Vegas now, and then Cortland Sutton in Denver. And probably, you know, De- we're not going to do, but Denver are looking at wide receiver at 15 as well. So it's going to be an interesting vision. People are going to put up a lot of points. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it's a nice pick there for the Raiders. I think that they will definitely be addressing wide receiver at either 12 or uh, 19, I think they pick as well. So I think that um, that would definitely be uh, a position that they would definitely address in the first first round. Mm. So you're on the clock with San Francisco? 
San Francisco. Some nice players still on the board. There is some really nice players on the board. Um, I might do something similar what you've just done with um, Arizona. I might do the same at San Francisco. But You're about to make one of my favourite picks and one thing I really hope happens. But with defensive players. Um, oh. They've just got rid of um, uh, DeForest Buckner. Yes. Colts. You're not and, about to do what I was thought you were going to do. But go and, ahead. Um, they've obviously got man mountains on that defensive line. Um, yeah. They're just they're just going to take one of the most one of the best players in the draft um, and take Derek Brown at thirteen if he falls that far. I think that he's just they they've just lined up a defensive on that defensive front and just say try and beat us. I think because we talked about there's so much depth at wide receiver and they've got pick later on in the draft. I think. Mm. That, there is always that possibility they can just take another wide receiver there at the end of the first. And I still think there's going to be quite a lot of talent there. So would you want to, would you want to pass on a player like Derek Brown just because you can take a wide receiver um, at 13 and then you're going to end up with someone like a Neville Gilmore or do you know what I mean? Draft mm-hmm. the like They still need a cornerback. I can understand it. Maybe they, CJ Henderson is maybe... It's a deep position though. You know, you can probably get that later down the line. Brown is, like you said, you're not going to overthink this. Derek Brown is such a good player. You can, you've got rid of the Forest Buckner that you would have had to pay. You can bring him in on a rookie contract, and that defensive line is going to eat, absolutely eat in that NFC West. So that's going to be my pick, Derek Brown. That's a really good pick. Uh, and like, it was what a name that I'm looking at that's kind of slipping, and I'm, I'm in a bit of disbelief to be honest with you. But yeah, no, it's a really good pick. What I thought you were going to do when you kind of referenced my Arizona pick, I thought you were going to pick Judy to the Niners, and I thought that's it's one of my favourite picks in this draft that potentially could happen because uh, I'd love to yeah. see Judy and Kyle Shanahan's system. Oh, I just think it'd be ridiculous. Like I said, it wouldn't be a bad pick. I think that <laughs> more of the I look at it as logistically, look, this wide receiver class is so deep that oh yeah, for sure, maybe taking these wide receivers at picks 9, 30, because there's a lot of teams around sort of, like you said, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Four, four wide receivers could could go off the board then, but you can kind of, you've kind of lost some of that upper tier talent. Like you said, you've got some players that would have slid down all the way sort of to 15, 16, that really, they should have been taken by now. <laughs> like Derek Brown, Jedrick Wills, do you know, these are like top 10 players. Mm. And now you're getting them at sort of 14 because you've taken wide receivers. Uh, not, not, nothing against these wide receivers, but oh, yeah, no, there, sure. there is some sh- real strength at wide receiver in this draft. So are you going to be missing out on someone like Jeffrey Akuda could slide all the way down to 10 just because some of the teams above are taking tackles and wide receivers. So sometimes you can get, you can lose the fact that best player available is on the board. And even though it would be nice to get, take these sexy picks sometimes that players like Derek Brown, they don't come along often. For me, Derek Brown, whoever drafts Derek Brown, they've got, they've got probably a top 10 defensive tackle straight away in the NFL. From day I'm one. not argue too much with that. To be honest, I, I really like Derek Brown, and yeah. he's certainly a player that's grown on me over the over the year watching college football and then seeing his development for sure. So um, yeah, so that's that's why I went that way rather than wide receiver. Mm, cool, no, I like it. So I'm on the clock number fourteen with the uh, Tom Brady's Buccaneers, which is not a sentence that we imagine we'd be saying. <laughs> Just really, really quickly, Buccaneers uniforms like them. 
not really. No, they're, they're, they're okay. They're, that, is, that is it. That is exactly it. They're okay. They're just what they were like a few years ago before they changed that alarm yeah, clock. Were, yeah. to I'm pretty thing. sure because my wife, she's a Bucks fan, so she's right. pretty sure they've they've basically made her jersey new again. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, they, they, are, they are just what they were before they moved to that ridiculous, like, say, alarm clock number jersey. Yeah. Um, the pewter one's quite good. I like the colour rush. The red and the white are okay. They're red and white jerseys that... You know, well, I'm, I'll ask you this again in two picks time, but we'll talk about those as well. But yeah, just get your kind of temperature check on on that. Yeah. Um, so fourteen, obviously got Tom Brady now, and yeah. it, we're going all in. You know, there's no there's no thought about drafting a quarterback now. I don't think maybe even in this draft at all for Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady are going to try and win a championship and then ride off into sunset in a couple of years' time, and whatever will be will be. <laughs> and the books have to pick up the pieces, so. One thing, one thing you do need to do, because obviously Tom Brady can't move, is protect him. We've got Jedrick Wills sitting there. My offensive tackle number one, and uh, we're just going to slot him in there. He's going to play on the right-hand side. We've got Donovan Smith, who I believe was playing on the right-hand side, but he'll play flicking over to the left. Um, and you've got a reasonable offensive line. You've got loads of weapons, and you know they can at least, on the offensive side, they can at least play. Tom Brady's D is not terrible. Definitely getting better, getting younger. So, you know, they've got the makings of it. You know, maybe not having a run this year, but in, in year two with Brady and Arians together, maybe they could, they could do, but Joe Wills will be a part of that franchise for much longer and will be a very good part of it. So, just going to slot him in there at 14. Yeah, like it. Best, like you said, best player available. Lock and load, just take mm. him. You know what you're going to get. Um, you just sunk so much money into Brady and now you just got... You can't mess about, can you? Personal favourite um, tackle as well on the... So they can't go wrong with that, really. Hmm. So who are we looking at now? Denver. Uh, again, I think there's probably lock and load, really, with uh, who's on the board. I think that Jerry Judy's just just a little tier ahead of everyone else at wide receiver. They need to, if they're going to, uh, if they believe in Drew Locke, they've got to give him weapons to be able to, um, to see what they've got. Sutton's there. Judy can operate inside, mm. so I think that it just makes too much sense to um, not take him there. Yeah, definitely. And I'm wishing we took Jeffrey Akuda now at pick six because we've <laughs> got to defend all these wide receivers now. Uh, or I wish Isaiah Simmons was on the board and we could we could do that instead. Uh, alas, you know we've not, <laughs> which is yeah, um, might make us look a bit silly, but at least we might be able to pick someone a bit better later on. So. Yeah. Atlanta. Um, so they've got a couple of needs. Um, they picked or Dante Fowler as edge. So that kind of doesn't make it as urgent a need, but they could still pick up an edge here. Caleb and Jason's looking pretty nice on the on the board. Um, but they've literally got no one at corner anymore. So I'm, I'm pretty compelled that I have to go there um, and pick a cornerback. And I have number two. My number two corner is Christian Fulton. However, I don't actually think that's consensus. I do think they'd pick CJ Henderson here. So I'm going to pick CJ Henderson, even though I'm not a huge fan, but we're kind of doing it from what we think the franchises will do. So I'm going to slide yeah. Henderson in there, kind of against my own will, but um, he seems to be kind of consensus after Judy, um, even though I'm, I'm not a fan. Um, what do you think of the pick? And then we'll come on to the uniforms as well, and we'll kind of spend about three seconds on them as well, because they're not that nice either. <laughs> I do think that, that Henderson will be the second corner off the board, like you just said. I think that the, what we're hearing and what's the media's sort of his athleticism just jumps off the page when you watch him play his missed tackles are worrying mm. it's a lot of tackles um 
so that would be a bit of a worrying concern for me if I was um, if I was a Falcons fan. But you can see how much athleticism he's got. Can he? He can pretty much stay with any wide receiver. Um, so I like. I don't mind the pick. I think that again, the Falcons they they've got a pretty good offense going now. They've got, obviously got got Gurley in. Um, and they've sort of got all their pieces they need on offense. So I think that their pick will be on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. And they've struggled with trying to nail that edge guy. They've not really hit on Beasley. Um, Andrew Claiborne, Tack McKinley. Yeah, they've kind of gone well, through a few, haven't they? Yeah, they've gone through a few. So it's possible that they could still address that sort of side of it. But I think, like you said, cornerback here, I think that probably with the edge class not being that great other than Chase Young, I think that probably Henderson's got the biggest upside and it's probably the, the right pick there as well, yeah. Yeah, I'd go along with that. What about the uniforms? Like, another red and white uniforms. Yeah, no. Oh, horrendous. <laughs> you really not like them? <laughs> no. I, think the, I think the red is very iffy with the faded black thing at the bottom of the jersey. Um, I don't mind the white. I, I don't mind the black. I've got a really. I've got a thing for black sports uniforms in, in across all sports. Um, I think black looks hit a lot of the time. Um, so I don't mind the black. I don't mind the throwback becoming like one of the main jerseys again. Um, but yeah, not again. Just not just okay. And not even probably not even that to be honest with you. So yeah, again, not not fantastic. No, uh, it, that just with that. Is it? It's ATL, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they kind of abbreviated, haven't they? Rather than getting the, the full Atlanta, I think. Um, I want to say that the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA kind of use ATL quite a lot, so it might be kind of making it across the board like a Atlanta thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching a little bit with that. I'm not really sure, but yeah, not not great. Again, um, uniforms-wise, we've got a couple more coming up. Haven't we? We've got the, the Rams. Kind of, they kind of decided theirs now without officially announcing it that they're yeah. just using the old blue and yellow rather than everything else and then we've got I forgot I want to say we've got someone else haven't we Cleveland oh that's it yeah, yeah. They, because they only just changed recently as well didn't they? did Tampa Bay and Cleveland both make that mistake in the same year I think so yeah and then they're both changing back I think in the minimum term isn't it that you get you're yeah. just using the uniform so long but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to ours in a couple of weeks to yeah apparently to Cleveland it. Cleveland are going back and we're going back both old school yeah well I mean all the I'm not I'm not too worried about the Chargers uniforms because they're kind of everyone's kind of kind of saying they're good which is good yeah. um I do think that yeah they'll go a bit more old school maybe yellow pants will come back powder blue will become like the predominantly used like colour in everything as we saw with like the logo and things like that. So yeah I've got the broad to it. I don't know what Cleveland will do. Are they kind of going back to just like an old brown uniform with like stripes on the arms then? I think so. That was the talk that they're gonna have the stripes on the arm. Okay. Um, and then this that there's talk that they're gonna have a stripe on the helmet. Oh right, okay. Yeah it's kind of old school straight down the middle. Um so Dallas seventeen, you took my player. At- <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the there's a few options here. Um, Chase on LSU kids, um, edge guy. They do they could could do with an edge guy opposite um, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, caught, they've obviously lost Byron Jones now, mm. um, but I'm not sure that they take. 
uh, a corner here. Safety could be one. There's a lot. Of, there's there's a lot of love at the moment for McKinney. Mm. Uh, just what he offers. Um, he's he's more versatile than people think. He's kind of like a a mini uh, Zaire Simmons. Um, that he's played a lot along that Alabama line in different different positions. Yeah, it's kind of like a Minka Fitzpatrick kind of thing, isn't it? From yeah, a few years ago. So, um, I'm struggling <coughs> to remember who the Dallas Cowboys safeties are. They are nobody's. I've actually pulled allies up on my phone. So they signed they signed Clinton Dix, and then right. their other their other safety Xavier Woods, who literally could be anyone because they lost. Well, Jeff Heath wasn't a real person either, but they've they do kind of really lost like Kinlaw as well. But I can't remember who their defensive tackles are. So they signed Gerald McCoy, and they've also signed Dante Dontari Poe. Okay, so kind of kind of covered by veterans in that area. Hmm, interesting. So for me, it will either be. Chase on or McKinney, um, and I think that we've talked about it for a while that you can't have enough edge guys, enough people to pass uh, pass rush in that league. So I think that it's going to be a Chase on will be my pick. I like it. Yeah, definitely, definitely like it. Uh, like you say, it's it's a, not just an edge rusher; it's an edge defender in the truest yeah. sense. He can definitely play the run. He might be even the best one defending edge in this class. To be honest with you, including Chase Young. So yeah, no, I like it. It's another player sort of across the road from Mark Lawrence, and you need you need two, don't you? Because everyone needs you know to, if you can just double team, triple team uh, Lawrence, and you'd be more effective because of Chase and playing over the road from him. So yeah, no, definitely like it. Um, I think we actually probably need to pick up the pace ever so slightly because we've been on for quite a while, more than seventeen picks through. So um, with Miami, they are pretty. They've been pretty vocal about they're going to come out with a quarterback and they're going to come out with an offensive tackle, at least from their first round selections. So I think the sixth tackle in a lot of places seems to be Josh, Josh Jones from Houston. Yep. So I'm just going to slot him in there and he's going to play and he's going to protect Justin Herbert in this case uh, for a long time, hopefully. You know, Miami's rebuild picks up another key piece in a key position. Josh Jones, he, he's got some work to do, but he seems to be the consensus sixth tackle or fifth tackle um, in that second group. So, yeah, I'm just going to slot him in there as the most likely candidate. Nice. Uh, there, is, there is talk there's going to be quite a few tackles that go off this board. And like, like you said, you, there's going to be a few that go earlier than, than people think as well, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were talking yesterday, weren't we, about, what, seven, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely going to be at least seven, I think, personally. Mm. Um, so... Um, I think that with who's on the board and what they need to do in that position, the Las Vegas Raiders at 19, I think that you're going to want to try and disrupt the pocket, especially with Mahomes there. Um, and I think Kinlaw's just too good to pass now. I think that he's the best defensive tackle on the board. Um, they could really do with that interior pass rusher with Crosby, um, and uh, who was the geezer that uh, oh. the Cleveland Farrell. Who was it? Cleveland Farrell. Cleveland Farrell. So them two guys operating the edge. Kindle down the middle. I think that it just makes too much sense there. Jacksonville would die if that happened in this scenario because <laughs> they would they are crying out for that one. One of the yeah. two, Derek Brown or Kindle, <laughs> to take in like the the pick before would. Uh, like like I said, I mean it kind of. Um, I've kind of adding fuel to my could you have picked love at this pick now? But like I said, I mean, you, you are right, it could have been leapfrogged in a, in a real scenario with trades. 
Uh, but yeah, England could have they would be kicking themselves. Yeah. But yeah, you are right. So what do I do with Jacksonville now? <laughs> because I think I'm going to have to go back to the cornerback well because... They do still need wide receiver as well. They do, Yeah, I mean, they do. I think there's a lot of... There's, yeah, there's a lot of cornerbacks and there's a lot of wide receivers. Yeah. They would ideally take an entire defensive lineman, but the, the, the main two have gone now. I think it's a little bit too early for Neville Gallimore, Ross Blacklock, people like that. Yeah. They could do it with safety as well. They could do it a lot, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, in Jacksonville, uh, I'm gonna go. Who are their corners now? Like, who, who literally are Jacksonville's corners? Can you remember off the top of your head before I look it up? Uh, no, because they're Rashawn Melvin and DJ Hayden, according to our lads. Yeah, that is not good. Rashawn Melvin's kind of bounced around now, hasn't he? He's been to Indy, he's been yeah. to Detroit, he's been to the Raiders, I think. Uh-huh. So, they need like someone who's gonna stay there, I think. Um, I'm gonna go for Christian Fulton. It's going to drop in there as a cornerback one, and he can hopefully stay there for more than three or four years than Jalen Ramsey did, and just you know be that kind of lockdown cornerback one, staying kind of local, uh, considering he's from LSU, and uh, it's going over to North Florida. So yeah, I th- I'm quite happy to do that. I know, like you said, they do need other areas. Um, they'll probably pick up a wide receiver later on, uh, give someone to, you know some who John Love can throw at, who might be a bit different to all their other wide receivers who are kind of all the same. Um, I could do a Yannick and Cockway replacement at some point because he's going to be going ahead and safety, like I say, as well. So, yeah, there are plenty of holes to fill. So, Philadelphia, on the clock with yourself, who are you going for? Yep. Um, there has been a lot of talk that they're going to take a wide receiver, which is probably the most logical position to take here. Mm. Um, but there's been a little... I went through there on the defensive side and there is a massive gaping hole at linebacker. Them, um, so I'm gonna actually take here Kenneth Murray, who's got a lot of draft buzz at the moment. Um, they're talking to him uh, how well he's done in interviews, his leadership skills, um, and I mm. think that he's got the backbone to play in Philly. I think that he's, he's a tough kid, um, and I think that he's extremely clever at that position. I think that he'll be he's run he runs all over the field, high motor. So We've looked at linebackers because obviously Chargers need one. I've done my research on him and just I've just really liked the kid and I think he's going to go in that sort of 20 to 30 lock. And um, like we said before, there's a lot of wide receivers there um, that can offer depth and I think they could easily get one in the second round if they wanted to, um, Philadelphia Eagles. So my pick is Kenneth Murray, linebacker. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you if you put Kenneth Murray in a system where he just has to come downhill and hit people, that's his ideal scenario. And exactly. uh, Philadelphia always plays with like an aggressive mindset, an aggressive defense. And he's, he's, he can make things happen. You know, he can get he can get uh, picks. He can get he can blitz him. He's a really good blitzer, so you could use him in that regard as well. And like you say, I think the, the top wide receivers are now gone. So if you wanted to kind of pick one up later on, the drop off. It's, it's a bigger drop-off, but it's not as big. You know, you're not, as big, yeah. you're not kicking yourselves that you've not got like a Jerry Judy or Lamar or Brooks. Um, yeah. So yeah, now we've come on to another another team like Philadelphia, kind of crying out for both uh, wide receiver and uh, cornerback. So I've kind of got my kind of pick of what I'm going to do here. I think the cornerbacks, uh, the the cornerback class and the cornerbacks that I've got available still got. I don't think they've got enough depth, so I think we've got to kind of go for this one now, and especially with Minnesota as well, because Mike Zimmer 
He loves picking a cornerback. He's picked cornerbacks, I think, three times in the past in his past drafts in the first round. Um, you know, they, they've just got rid of more. <laughs> so they've got rid of Mac yeah. Alexander, they've got rid of Waynes, and they've got rid of Xavier Rhodes. So, cry, yeah. so we're crying out for a cornerback. But with Zimmer, he will only pick a certain type of cornerback. He'll only pick a physical cornerback. He'll only pick a cornerback that can tackle. So in a real-life scenario, if someone like CJ Henderson was falling here and everyone was crying out, thinking CJ Henderson is the best cornerback in the class available, Mike Zimmer would not do it because he likes cornerbacks that can tackle. One cornerback that can tackle and one cornerback that is feisty is Jeff Gardner from TCU, and I feel like I'm going to slot him in there. And he's just Mike Zimmer player. I feel he's got that toughness, like you say, and he's going to kind of like, do that job that they, they want. Like it. Oh, New England. Didn't think I was going to be looking at a quarterback New England this time <laughs> three months ago. Um, but there's no room really here that uh, I would draft if I was New England. Um, there's obviously talk that they could move up, guess, move up into that realm, say if someone fell, like Herbert or Love fell a bit further, that they might be interested in them, um, a quarter um, quarterback. But for me, I think that we're going to be looking at edge guy. And I think that the likelihood is New England won't be picking in this position. But um, just for they'll move up by saying that, do you mean? Yeah, I think that they would they would need to move up, I think, to get the quarterback if they want one. I don't yeah. think they're really... There's talk that uh, Froome could be a possibility. I think that's way too early at 23. So yeah. I think that just with what they look, they're looking for and the, with the Iowa connection as well with Belichick, I'm going to go with AJ Espinosa. Definitely a player that fits. I think Epinesa is a guy that yeah. needs to go to a certain type of team, and I think all the kind of Belichick tree coaches kind of fit in really nicely. Yeah. He's not a he's, he's a big edge, and that's what Belichick likes. He likes someone who can kind of win with effort and just defend the run. He's, they don't really value these speedy guys off the edge too much, so I do think it's a nice fit that Epinesa in uh, in New England. Um, there you go. So I'm here with uh, New Orleans. Uh, and they, like you said before, they don't really have that many needs, to be honest with you. They're, not, they're a very good team throughout, you know, um, and they have a lot of flexibility in what they could do. I think they could be a nice trade-up partner for someone trying to get back into the first round, because I don't think New Orleans yeah. have, uh, you know, I don't think they've got really one crying-out need, to be honest with you. They've got a good D, they've got productive offensive, they've got a wide receiver that can do something that Michael Thomas, you know, isn't good at, which is go deep, uh, kind of replace Ted Ginn a little bit. Maybe there's a guru if someone take over the mantle from Drew Brees at some point in the near future, but whether they want to do that in the first round, I'm not too sure. So there's a player in like available at the moment who I just think it just feels like a Saint. Saints want to play really fast on defense. They want to hit you hard. Uh, Sean Payton likes that. Not that he runs the D, but he definitely wants that mindset within his team. Yeah, you got a local kid just coming from. LSU, that's Patrick Queen. I'm going to pick another linebacker. And I just think he's, he just feels like a saint. He just feels yeah. like someone yeah. who uh, is going to play in that defense really well next to Demario Davis and, and just have like a great career there. Yeah, love it. That's, that would have been my pick as well. I think that he just, like you said, he cries out for what he, br- what he can bring to that Saints team. I think that they have no real position of need. There's an opportunity for them to trade back. They could probably, they might even be able to still get him, sort of, say, if teams like a Green Bay or San Francisco or someone else just wanted to just move up to get that player that they had their eye on. Mm. Um, 
but they, there's so many possibilities in, and Queen for me would be a perfect fit there in, uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, I think so. I think, I don't, like I said, I just think it's handled fit and I've used that about a lot of picks, which means we're doing well, I think. Um, yeah, I just, I just really like that fit there. So, so which, which wide receiver are you picking for Minnesota? <laughs> for me, you're taking one really good route runner out um, that's just gone to the Bills and you're replacing them with another one in the draft. And I've gone for uh, Justin Jefferson from LSU, another. So back-to-back LSU players here just gone off the board. I think that he just can do pretty much what Diggs can do. So I think it's just basically a like for like there. They need to address corner. They need to address wide receiver. And they've come out of there with two very good players. So it's try not to overthink this pick. I think that he just fits the system. They like their route runners. They like more polished mm. guys. So Mims is a great player. He can definitely offer you maybe more upside. But I think that Justin Jefferson's just more polished at this point of his career. And I think that they're going to need someone to come in straight away and go Get, get at the get-go with Kirk Cousins there and be alongside Thielen. So I think Jefferson just works better in that system. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a really great receiver. Um, and he's my number five receiver at the moment. Um, someone that can score touchdowns, someone that can do all sorts of, um, sort of make all sorts of things happen in terms of he can go deeper, he can take things short and make something out of them with his rackability. So, yeah, no, I really like him. Um, definitely, you know, coming off a great season as well and, and a really good depth seven dip replacement as well. Uh, maybe even Adam Thielen replacement long term. Mm-hmm. So, I'm on the board with Miami again. And this is a pick, actually, that I don't actually expect them to make in the draft. I think they'll use this to kind of move back and forth. I think they'll... So, what I think Miami are going to do, Miami have got so many picks, they're not going to make that many selections. So, what they're going to do is they're going to use this flexibility to move around. So they're going yeah. to maybe move out of this forwards or backwards just to get a player that they want. Maybe they'll move backwards, then move forwards later to gather yeah. ammo to then go, right, well, in, we're coming up in five picks time, but there's this player that we really want. We don't want to leave it to chance. So we'll just go and get him now. And they're just yeah. going to move around loads. They're just going to go yeah. and get who they want each time. Yeah. So even with that said, I'm obviously going to have to make this pick um, because I'm not doing any trades. And I've got another player. You picked AJ Epinesa for the... Uh, Patriots at number 23 and I was kind of talking about Epinesa only fitting certain uh, schemes and teams and this this uh, Patriots tree which obviously Brian Flores is a part of and one of the things about New England is they like linebackers that can do a lot of different things if you think about Jamie Collins uh, Dante Hightower kind of these outside linebackers that can they're not edge rushers as such you know yeah. they play doing a little bit of everything they can get picks they can get sacks they can make tackles they can cover I think there's another player a little bit like that in this draft and he's available for me now. And that's Zach Bourne out of Wisconsin. He can rush off the edge. He can drop back in coverage. Wisconsin asked him to do quite a lot of these things. Asked him to do quite a diverse uh, range of things. I think Brian Flores can get him to do that again. So I like Zach Bourne in the first round and I like him going to Miami at some point maybe. And one of these Belichick tree teams who will be able to use him in this the same way. So I really like this pick, but I'm not sure it happens at 26. It might happen a little bit later down the line, actually. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that they will definitely be using that pick 26 to move up. I I think that there's loads of possibilities for them to be able to move and get the players like they want, like you said. So, yeah, like you said, Zach Bourne offers a lot of versatility as that edge sort of linebacker-ish guy. So, yeah, I can see, um, I can definitely see Miami um, definitely addressing that position as well in this draft. Mm. 
27. So this is this is a this is a pick that isn't going to be made by the Seahawks in real life. Yeah, they just always move back. They're probably going to move out of it. So one thing the Seahawks always do is they surprise people. They do. They're, they're a nightmare to write a mock draft about it because you have to kind of just think really outside the box. So there's a lot of talk at the moment. There's a player that's come full into the equation of being a first round guy, and we think that that's probably way too early. But with the Seahawks picking. And knowing what the Seahawks are like, we're going to go with it. And that's Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. I think that they're sticking on the right-hand side um, next to Fluker and try and then say, get past these two guys if we can. <laughs> two mountains, isn't it? Two absolute mountains. Like you said, we, we think that they're probably going to move out of this pick. Um, but there is a lot of talk at the moment that Isaiah Wilson's got a lot of buzz in the drafting community that he's going to go um, in that first round and likely in the 20s. Um, which obviously we're in that position now where there's a few teams that could take them. Um, so, yeah, I think that it kind of just would suit what they're after as well. And in, in they like their big guys um, on their line to, um, to protect Wilson and for their run game as well, especially because obviously they're huge on the run. So just uh, I'll plug and play Isaiah Wilson there um, at the right side. Yeah, I think you've summed it up really nicely. I think it's one of those players, isn't it, where the are going in a lot of kind of chatter at the moment and there's some crazy talk about him maybe going before Andrew Thomas, obviously his, his former colleague at Georgia, which I think is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it is, like you say, it, it can be a nailed on Seahawks pick at some point, maybe not in this position, maybe the start of the second round or uh, maybe someone will leap in there and take him before Andrew Thomas and he'll become part of this, you know, big four maybe it'll become a big five kind of thing yeah. um, which you know will surprise me somewhat definitely because he's I don't think I see a great deal um, a first round potential there at least you know he's definitely a player that can definitely play but yeah I'm not sure I mean Seahawks it's, you've always got to think outside the box yeah so I'm on the clock with Baltimore at 28 and I don't like this board for Baltimore at the moment as we were talking there, I was looking around the depth chart, I'm looking around who we kind of got available and what kind of things we need. Baltimore, are, I mean, they're in a good position. They've got a good team, which you know is never bad. And that's probably why they're pitching at 28, obviously. But I'm not really sure what, what we've got going on here. I mean, I think what I would like to do in an ideal scenario, if I was Baltimore, would take Kenneth Murray for all the reasons what I said for Philadelphia, really. If we can put him in a downhill style uh, and make him blitz off the edge, because obviously no one blitzes more than Baltimore. Um, so I'm in a bit of a I'm in a bit of a pickle here. If I'm perfectly honest with you, um, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm looking, at, at I'm looking at their depth chart, and I, I'm a bit. I mean, they've got Earl Thomas obviously at, at, at the deep safety, and they've got Chuck Clark, who I believe they gave a pretty decent contract to, which is kind of yeah, they kind of me off a little bit. Who are we? Who do we have? They got in. I, I, I'm leaning towards taking a running back, and I don't think that'll happen though. I don't think a running back will go in the first round this year. However, I'm really struggling to kind of think what Baltimore would do in this situation if the board fell like this. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they'd try and find a trade partner to go backwards. Do they need a right tackle? Uh, they've got Orlando Brown. Who? Would you kick him inside to guard? Oh no, he's way Yand- too big, isn't he? Yeah. Yander's gone. Yeah, they probably do need they probably do need a guard. At least wait. I think it's too early to take a guard at this point. Could I mean, you kick Orlando Brown into guard and then 
put in. What they could do. No, I want those brands too big to play guard. I think I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I think he's too tall. I think he'd get out leveraged all the time. Yeah. From the, the smaller uh, defensive tackles. What I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to go interior. I'm going to take Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. Yeah. Um, he he might play guard. I don't know if he'd play center like he does for Michigan. Um, but he'll 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 add to that interior. He won't replace Marshall Yonder by any means, but he'll go some way to doing it. And I think that's mainly the only. Uh, the only maybe position that they do really need. Maybe they need to pick up a running back later on down the line because Mark Ingram's in the last last year of his deal. They don't have much behind him, and he's I, th- I believe he's thirty one at the moment. Um, so he's coming towards the you know, tail end of his career. They've brought in Derek Wolf. They've brought in Calais Campbell. They maybe need a linebacker as Matt Judon's on the franchise. But like I said, you, you kind of took kind of Murray off me a few picks ago. So yeah, I'm, I'm relatively happy with Ruiz. I'm not I'm not really crazy about it, but it's nice value, and I think he'll be a good pick for them long term. Play centre obviously as well. But I think he'll play guard to begin with. Yeah, I think that's a nice pick. I think it's a safe pick there. I think it's the best <coughs> interior guy on the board. Um, it's so always yeah. a pretty sweet spot, isn't it, in the late twenties for a guard or a centre to come off the board yeah. first first one of the yeah, draft. Um, Tennessee. 29. Um, we talked earlier that they've just lost Jack Conklin, um, mm-hmm. and I think that there will be a few tackles that go off the board. Um, so for me, I think we're going to take Austin Jackson here, the USC guy, stick him in, plug and play him on the right-hand side, um, and then keep that offense pretty much how it was at the end of last year. So we're going to go Austin Jackson, USC, tackle 29. Yeah, it's a really important pick, isn't it? You know, you've got to keep Tyler Hill upright, um, and you've also got to keep Derek Henry churning out the yards as well. So you know you've lost a pretty decent piece in Jack Conklin, and um, you know you've got to, you've got to get in there and replace him like immediately. I feel. Yeah. So what are we doing here with Green Bay? What are we doing with Green Bay? I think you know they, they need a wide receiver. They need someone to play opposite Dante uh, Devonte Adams. Aaron Rodgers is he's getting towards the end, unfortunately. You know one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, and can they make a final run at it? Uh, Matt LaFleur's kind of uptrending upwards. Finally, it seems like he's getting his message over. Do I want to give them a discussion? Or... I think I will. I think he offers a little bit different to what Devontae Adams does. Devontae Adams is kind of your typical X receiver. I think LaVisca Chenault can be kind of wide receiver, sorry, wide receiver, kind of play inside, can play outside, can be a, a little bit of a deep threat when he wants to be, but also can do some fun things as well because he's got that flexibility and all that experience of doing pretty much anything Colorado asked him to. Um, he's used to the cold weather, obviously being up in Colorado, so that yeah. won't bother him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hates wide receivers that drop the ball, um, which kind of eliminates Jalen Rieger and Denzel Mims a little bit. Chenault is used to being a centrepiece of the offense. He doesn't have to be that because he's got uh, Devontae Adams to do that, and I think Aaron Rodgers will be quite happy, which is yeah. rare and also <laughs> a good thing for Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, thirty-one. Uh, we picked. Who did we pick at thirteen? We picked. We picked Derek Brown, didn't we? So we still got wide receiver, and we still got yeah. cornerback to fill. Yeah. So I think that just with who's on the board at corner, do any of these jump out as San Francisco guys? Hmm. 
physical guy like Jalen Johnson, maybe from Utah, could possibly be it. With no second round pick, you're not going to get him in the third. I personally I don't think, think that this is they will they will they will move down from this pick 100. Yeah, I do. If I if I had to stick my mortgage on any pick getting moved out, <laughs> yeah, they're that they're moving down. It would be San Francisco at 31 is where they'd be moving down from. Um, so I don't expect them to take a player here, but I do expect them to, their next player that they take if they address that offensive line, um, sorry, defensive line with that Derek Brown pick. I'm going to go T Higgins here, uh, Clemson wide receiver. I think that they've got Debo there that they can move around. Um, and this guy is just a better version um, of uh, Kenya, Kenya Bourne that they've got there. Um, they've missed on Pettis. They're going to. Lo- they've lost Sanders now, so they need some guy that operates on the outside that can be the guy on the outside for them. And I think that T Higgins has kind of got lost in this process. I think that his stock's gone down a bit, but I still think he's a very, very good wide receiver. Um, and I kind of think he's sort of like um, a Golladay, Allen Robinson sort of player. He's probably not as physical as Allen Robinson, but he can really, he, he can high point the ball, and he's. He's a really, really good outside guy. So I think that that will be my pick for San Francisco. Yeah, no, I think I like your reasoning. I'm not too high on T Higgins, to be honest with you. I'm not, uh, I think I've got him at wide receiver seven or eight. So I would, yeah. I'm not picking him in the first round at the moment. I think he struggles to move laterally. I think he is a, a linear receiver that kind of is. He's, I, the criticisms that I I have about him are what the criticisms that everyone had about DK Metcalf last year that didn't really exist. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's as good as Metcalf, by the way. Um, but I think he's that kind of receiver, and he is that jump ball receiver. Like you say, you, you've kind of summed it up nicely that he does go on the high point of the ball, and it'll be a little bit different to what they do have at the moment, you know, with the smaller receivers that they've got. Yeah. Uh, so it'll give Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan a bit of a different option on the outside, yeah. uh, and maybe maybe different um, aspects in the red zone as well. Yeah. Um, when they're getting down the goal line. So, no, I, I don't mind the pick. I wouldn't have made it myself, to be perfectly honest with you. That's because I'm not too high on Higgins. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, it definitely feels a need for San Francisco. But I do agree with you. I do think they're making that pick at thirty-one, and I think they yeah. could be moving back, accumulating more picks, and then yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. maybe picking a wide receiver that's kind of in the next group or a, a receiver, sorry, a cornerback like Jalen Johnson, who you don't really want to pick at thirty-one, but won't be there when they get on the board in the fifth round, yeah. either, because <laughs> they've got a gargantuan wait yeah. until um, their next pick after thirty-one. So Kansas City, you only need you don't need too much really. They might need a corner. They do, I mean, they do need a corner because, as Keenan Allen says, my receivers uh, just feast on that yeah. DB line. Although they were better last year in in, in some way, I don't like saying that. Obviously, Kansas City. Um, but you know, if the draft goes like this in the way that we've set it up, you know, and I do think like we've got the positions right in a lot of places. You know, Denver are going to pick take a wide receiver at some point. Las Vegas is going to take a wide receiver at some point. The Chargers have got two wide receivers anyway. We'll probably take a third. Yeah. So Kansas City is still going to need to make their DB room a little bit better. And the player that I'm going to take is AJ Terrell from Clemson. Yep. Now, he's a, he's a player that kind of slipped down the draft board for a lot of people as well, but I think that's from a lot of people who kind of just watched the national championship and 
you know, games later in the year when he didn't perform as well. But I think he's I think he's a really good player. I think he's got um, a lot of good traits that you look for in cornerback. He's feisty. He can find the ball. He's got the right body type. Uh, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure whether Kansas City take this pick as well because I think 30 second pick is quite a strong pick to trade. You don't have to go too far back, but it'll be that team in the start of the second round who want that fifth year option on the the rookie's contract. Yeah, and you'll probably still get Terrell if you only move back five or six spots, or you'll get a cornerback at least that Kansas City might pick. So I'm not sure they pick this like this pick, but they might pick this player early in the second round. Um, so yeah, no, he's my pick to round out our draft. Nice. So, with that in mind, so obviously we've made all our picks. We're not going to go any further than that. What's kind of your favourite pick that we've made out of this one? Just kind of pick out one. Um, I think value-wise, Derek Brown at 13 to the... Yeah, that's definitely one that stands out for me. He's kind of sliding down the board quite um, a lot. I really like, um, obviously, for, these are just my picks, if I can remember them. Kenneth Murray, Philadelphia, I think that works really well. Um and uh, I think J, uh, AJS Bonanza for to New England. I think that's a match made in heaven as well. So yeah, I'd say the three picks that I think that one best player on the board at that period of time. You can't let Derek Brown pass you if you're San Francisco, where you've just you just lost Buckner, um, and he's just he's just such it'll be such an asset for them in that on that D line. Um, and then uh, Kenneth Murray, just they're crying out for a linebacker. Philadelphia, I just think he'll fit fit the culture there um, and do everything that he's asked to do. Um, and AJ Espinosa, what they're what um, Belichick looks for, um, and the, the Iowa ties that they've got there as well. I think that all, them three all work quite well on my side. Mm, How about yeah, your no. side? Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, Patrick Queen, one that definitely sticks out. Uh, one that I thought of because uh, I knew that. Once we got past, well, once you took Kenneth Murray off the board, really, um, I wasn't going to take one, or you weren't going to take one with um, New England. Yeah. I wasn't going to take one with Minnesota, so I just knew that was going to kind of come down the pipe. And uh, it, we talked about it, obviously, when we were making the picks, but it's just a nice fit, like all the things that you, you sort of said, um, you know, just fits the culture, fits, the, fits what they want. So I really like that one. Uh, I had a I thought a really good pick that I made was uh, Lamb. Obviously, I talked about it at the start of the draft. I just think that it's kind of a fantasy pick, um, yeah. both for fantasy football. That's not how I meant it, though. Just a kind of, uh, yeah, just how I would like to watch that offense kind of come to fruition. And to be honest with you, I, I really like you kind of going ahead and taking Isaiah Simmons at number three. To be honest with you, I really like that pick and how um, that could really throw the Catamounts pigeons for the, for the draft, really. So, yeah, no, I think we've made some good picks. Obviously, you can get in touch with us. Uh, we'll, we'll post this draft out, and obviously, it'll come out. And if you hear it on the podcast, get in touch with us. So, uh, you, know, you probably want to tell us how wrong we are. And if you want to do that, my <laughs> handle is at Wakefield90 on Twitter. Ash, I'm going to give yours out so you can take some of yours alongside me. At Tilza999. <laughs> so, there you go. So, if you want to get in touch with us, obviously, if you want to tell us that we're brilliant, then please do that as well. <laughs> um, but that'll wrap it up. Um, we'll be back uh, probably once again just before the draft uh, to bring you another podcast, probably more Chargers-based this time yeah. as we're getting really excited. Uh, but this is kind of a, just a fun exercise to do, kind of throw out some picks and kind of just kind of join in the mock draft fund that everyone else is having to be honest with you. So yeah, this has been the First and Ten Chargers podcast and yeah, we'll sign off and see you next time. <laughs>